The following program was brought to you by Yodokali, keeping it weird since 1997. Oh. Who's that? Who are you? You're not allowed to be in here. Hey, yo, somebody get their grandma. Huh? Ah! Now nah, you gotta do it like this. What's Up is back with another two hours of fully youth-produced content, tapping into the matters and concerns of youth in Chicago. As well as all the crazy, wacky, tea-sipping, gossip-spilling, weird shenanigans that we, youth, get up to. Listen to your own risk, because your mind might explode. The chances are low, but never zero. So strap in, and let's get into the show! Listening to What's Up on WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. For today's show, the crew work took up the challenge of getting out of their comfort zones to bust a mission. You'll hear everything from violas traveling to Mexico, experiencing the worst part of the theme park lines, and sharing their art with the world for the first time. We'll also get cozy with a bunny cafe, shine out at the jewelry convention, and even taking the train to get there. Later on, August and Seth will be taking us to the Press Junkie with Yolo Exposed. Let's bust a mesh. Welcome. I'm Brian. I'm Jeremiah. And I'm Angel. Uh, we're your two guys for the first half of the show. Before we kick into these awesome pieces, let's take us some time to get into how it was by trying something new and the editing process. And I want to start out with uh, Angel. Uh, just want, wanted to know, what was the most unexpected part of your experience? Um, for me, the unexpected part of my experience is just um, how crowded it would be. Uh, I got I uh, went to a jewelry convention, and I expected it to be really small because the price of admission was small. And usually for conventions, uh, you know, the prices when the ticket prices are low, uh, you don't expect a lot. So when I just saw how packed it was, people shoving uh, in front of displays and everything, I was just really excited. Uh, not excited, but uh, scared. I'm like, uh-oh, I, I don't know how well this is going to go. Hmm, interesting. And what about you, Jeremiah? Well, for me, nothing really unexpected happened. The only really, I guess you could say unexpected thing was that I had to learn or st- or uh, add new art forms to my art form, if that makes sense, regarding it. And yeah, it was just, I overall, I had to use different techniques to achieve the look I want. So yeah. Well, was there anything that made you nervous or that put you on the edge of your process? Yes, uh, that I wouldn't finish or that it wouldn't look as good as I wanted it to. But in the end, I decided not to stress about those things, and overall, I think it turned out pretty well. And what was you guys' more of uh, your like favorite part of this? Or like, yes. Uh, for me, I would say my favorite part was just the uniqueness. You know, I'm not a big jewelry person, so just seeing like the different rings, the different necklaces, and the different bracelets that people make, and just the uh, amount of options that people have to choose in order to wear for their style was really uh, was definitely my favorite part because there was like just so many cultures coming together. Uh, the crowd there was really diverse, you know. Uh, and the, I heard a lot of people talk in their own languages and everything. So I think my favorite part was just how how much diversity there was at the convention. And you, Jeremiah? Well, my favorite part was overall making the content for my said audio piece. And yeah, I had a lot of fun overall. It was a really, really enjoyable experience. 
mostly because it was something in my comfort zone, but I had to branch out in order to make this piece for said show. So it was like, it started in my comfort zone, but slowly branched out into more uh, areas outside of said comfort zone. Yeah, 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 and you, guess what? I just kind of forgot to talk about mine a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'll, no. just, I'll just go ahead and then. Please. Probably one of the most unexpected part of my experience was that there was a lot of things that I could have, that I didn't know was gonna happen because I went for my trip to Mexico, I just went for one week and it was, the schedule was so tight, like some things just unexpectedly came out, but it was, it was still pretty fun. And uh, I mean, just one thing that made me nervous about it was just being out in the streets because uh, Mexico City is a big city. And li- when we talk about like violence, it's it's not, not the best. <laughs> so it's, it's probably kind of scary, but I was with my family, so it kind of make me feel less worried about it. Oh yeah, also my favorite piece, part of the piece was actually it was actually edited in one of like probably my favorite part of my whole trip. So that's all I gotta say. I, I'll let you guys listen to it, and you, you guys get to know once you listen to it. Well, now I'm gonna introduce you guys to my Audi piece. Uh, like I said earlier, I went into a small trip to Mexico City, which is my hometown where I grew up basically half of my life, and it just one week. But actually, I did I did so many things, and for some reason, it just felt like like a whole month for me. And during my piece, you're gonna listen to all the different things that I did in my state in Mexico. But it's not gonna be in any type of order. I decided not to because I wanted to sound make it sound like a regular conversation, and it's just gonna go down from like the food all the different places I went to, uh, time with my family, a few unexpected things that happened as well. And just overall, it's probably just a fun piece. Um, probably took me, I don't think it was as long as I expected it to be, but I'm pretty happy with the result. And well, you guys are about to listen to my piece once again, and this is called Me, Melancholy Hill. This past March, I went on a vacation at Mi Tierra Natal, Mexico. I haven't had the chance to go since before the pandemic, so I was really excited for this one-week trip. My little brother joined me for this adventure and we share a ton of memories. The flight there was probably the worst part. You see, I hate flying personally, so ya te imaginas como me fue. I barely had any sleep, Volaris charged me extra money, and I also paid extra for all the luggage that I had. But enough of that. After we arrived, we decided to go to Coyacan, which is a place I haven't been to in more than 10 years. It definitely changed during that time, but I still felt the same enjoyment from those years back. The moment that stuck out the most from that night was towards the end of the day when a lady dressed up as a Katrina showed up. She was wearing a beautiful and long colorful dress and her face was painted as well. Through a megaphone she was giving directions to people for a small shop where she would narrate some horror stories. Ella nos decía que pasando la calle más adelante de unos árboles con luces donde está una Katrina grande iba a tomar lugar un evento y que todo eso quedaba por 
Asha. Asha. My uncle and I were curious about it and decided to go where she was indicating us. At the place, she told a few stories like El Muerto Encadenado, which wasn't really scary, but it was entertaining. The second story that came up was La Historia de la Planchera, which to be honest with you, si dio un poco de miedo. The story talked about a beautiful nurse with a kind heart that was very popular at the hospital where she worked. Her clothes always looked smooth with no wrinkles at all. That's why people would call her La Planchera. She was in a relationship with one of the doctors, but some days after he proposed to her, La Planchera found out that the doctor left the hospital and started a new life with another woman. This affected her emotionally and eventually stopped attending the patients. She passed away a few days later. After that, some patients will still see her around, helping people, and to this day, it still happens. In my stay in Mexico, I got to see a lot of familiar faces that I haven't seen in over a decade. Tíos, tías, primos, abuelos, tíos de mis tíos, primos de mis primos. But I didn't see them all the same day. I traveled to a few different places so I can spend time with all of them. And because of that, my brother and I stayed the night at five different places, which is crazy if you think about it. Along with all those visits, we went to a bunch of places where we all spent our time together. We took a walk around El Teatro de Bellas Artes, went on a small hiking trip to the Mount of El Ajusco, a cool visit to the castle of Chapultepec, which was turned into a museum. Also, we had planned to attend to La Mole Convention, where I was planning to meet one of my favorite Mexican voice actors, René Garcia, who's mostly known for voicing Vegeta in the Dragon Ball series. Insecto. But unfortunately, the tickets were too expensive and there were a lot of us in there. So we decided not to go. Hasta la próxima, René. I'll see you in the next convention. <laughs> we also went to El Chopo, an outside market that opens every Saturday, which every rockero metalero should know about. I got myself some cool shirts from a few bands that I like, new piercings, and also vinyl of the best of the doors for my dad. But my favorite part of the trip was the 31 Minutos concert that I got to see called Yo Nunca Vi Televisión. 31 Minutos is a show that I grew up watching when I was a kid back when I used to live in Mexico. At the concert, I got to see all the different characters from the show like Tulio Treviño, Juan Carlos Bodoque, Juanín Juan Harry, Policarpo, Patana, Mario Hugo, Calcetín con Romosman, and the rest of the characters. But the songs are what hit me right in La Mera Infancia. They play all my favorite songs like Rin Raja, Tanganica Tanganana, A mí me gusta el Tanganica, Señor Interesante, Eso no lo sé, solo sé que es muy interesante, Objeción Denegada, Porque hablo como idiota, Lala, Lala. Vale sin cesar. El dinosaurio Inacleto. And many more. That was honestly one of the best concerts I've ever gone to. And definitely the biggest highlight from this trip. Y como olvidarme de la comida. I ate all sorts of things while I was there. 
como unas ricas enchiladas suizas, un esquite de los buenos, no como los que venden por acá. Me tomé un pulque de mazapán, me comí unos señores tacos de canasta, unas quesadillas de hongo en unas tortillas de masa azul, una barbacoa de la Jusco, unas carnitas hechas en casa, and the best thing that I had was this massive torta cubana que tenía pierna, milanesa, jamón, queso derretido y chiles morrones. Y hasta se me antojó otra. Even though I only stayed for a week, I did so many things that made this little trip feel like a whole month. I made a ton of memories that are going to be hard to forget and I can't wait to my next trip to Mexico where new and fun adventures are waiting for me. Hey Yon, we're back. Uh, now Jeremiah, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your piece and then introduce it yourself for us. Okay, well, first of all, hello, I am Jeremiah. Uh, second of all, okay, I like to consider myself an artist Um, and I do like to create in, a multi in multiple mediums of art forms. But normally, I just share these with close friends and family and don't necessarily post them to the world for other people to see because uh, at the end of the day, I feel as though I could do better and I don't want the world to see some where I am currently because it might not be as good as, say, other people's, which is kind of a messed up way to think about your work, if I'm being completely honest. But in any case, um, I had fun with this one. Like the art was just fun in general. And it was really like proactive because I had to like, first I had to make the, like, the, the, the content first, which was the sculptures and the, and the drawing, which took a while. And then I had to edit myself doing a voiceover. And then I had to edit it so that it sounded nice on the radio. So yeah, all in all, it was a pretty long, Uh, process and mo half of that was literally just making the content itself but yeah overall i had a really fun time okay so this piece is basically the culmination of i think two weeks worth uh, worth of work and it is basically two sculptures and one drawing render um uh it took a while and The title is called An Aspiring Artist's Process. I hope you enjoy it. Hello. Thank you for tuning into the show. I appreciate it greatly. My name is Jeremiah. I am an artist, and today I will tell you the process of my latest original pieces two sculptures, and a rendered drawing, to be precise. I will go in-depth through my process for each, and my thoughts overall about the finished pieces. I create a lot, but normally I don't share it with anyone outside of close family and friends, so this is relatively a new experience to me. If you wish to see the final products yourself, they will be available on my Instagram, at ironbat.draws. I hope you enjoy yourself, and without further ado, let's begin. This first piece is my first sculpture in a while. I didn't have any end goal design in mind, 
I just felt like creating a humanoid creature, and so I did. I started by drawing out a rough anatomy and actual size proportions, using lines to make a simple skeleton. Then I used wire to create the physical skeleton using the drawing as a guide, sort of like a blueprint. Once the skeleton was done, I wrapped it in aluminum foil. Aluminum foil is really important, especially in larger sculptures. Clay by itself, in large amounts, tends to get really heavy and wasteful. The aluminum foil adds mass while not increasing weight, and saving clay in the process. The next step is to start sculpting. Since I didn't really have a set design, I just chose whatever color called to me at the right moment. Apparently, a light violet spoke up. I began sculpting the chest muscles in the right arm. I had finished sculpting the right arm when I realized something. I don't have enough of this violet color to make a second arm. Or legs. Or feet. Or a head. I began to question if I should just rip off the clay and start with a different color, when a thought tapped me on the shoulder and introduced itself. What if I made this character a cyborg? And so I did. Using gray and black, I constructed a mean-looking cybernetic arm with coils, claws, and attached it to the body. I then used the same black to make some baggy pants and added a knee guard and boots. The last part of this monstrosity was to make a head. And then it hit me. What if his head was just a giant black eyeball with an orange iris? One thing led to another, and before I knew it, I was done. I had a really fun time with this piece, and feel pretty proud of it. It's pretty tall, and the details look nice. Overall, I like it. The next piece was the hardest one overall. This time, I did have a set design in my head. The joke there is that the character I'm trying to make is literally named Set with two T's. Anyway, Set is from a game called League of Legends. In his lore, he's a fighting pit boss who started out as a pit fighter. Also, he's a mama's boy. I love playing this champion, so I felt the need to try to recreate him in sculpture form. I started by drawing out a rough line structure as a guideline for the wire skeleton. Since this sculpture is smaller than the last one, I don't need as much aluminum foil. I started out with the chest and arms, really liking how they turned out. Then I moved on to his expensive looking white pants with gold trims. Once those are finished, I made his brown shoes with gold trims. Once those are finished, I started working on his gloves and knuckle dusters with gold trims. After that, I began working on his big lavish coat with a giant fur collar and gold trims. I'm sensing a pattern with Set's taste in clothes. The last part was to finish Set's head, and this was where the first real problem reared its ugly head. I had made the head shape too big so his eyes bulged and he looked really off. I ended up having to scrap it and remake the head. Much smaller, but it worked. I don't really like wasting clay, so this was a real problem for me. The final touches were adding his hair and cat ears. Oh, did I mention, forget to mention that Set is a huge muscled man with cat ears? Overall, I like it. The two main issues were keeping my hands clean from changing colors so often, as it smeared onto the other parts of the body and the head. However, I like it and I'm proud of my homage to Seth.
My last piece of the day is a black and white rendering of an OC drawing. Again, there was no predetermined design, I just wanted to draw. I started out with my rough skeleton sketch, a lot of basic shapes and lines. Then I cleaned up the sketch adding the details and making it seem like a character. I added scars and bulging veins along his giant muscles. I posed him so that he looked like he was slightly hushed over a city. Final step of sketch phase, adding the shadows. This will help later when I scan it digitally. Once the sketch is done, I import it digitally by scanning it and begin the line art. This is the phase where I just trace over the original sketch to leave clean lines. Finally, I add the hatching and shading with gray lines. And with that, the piece is done. Overall, I like it. No real issue came up with this piece and I had a lot of fun with it. One of my favorites, for sure. And that concludes my segment. If you have made it this far, I thank you for your time of day and for listening to my process. If you'd like to see the final products, they'll be posted on my Instagram at the time this airs, ironbat.drops. My name is Jeremiah, and once again, I thank you. Goodbye. And now let's talk about our angels piece now. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your piece. Yeah, so uh, my piece is focused on a jewelry uh, convention that I went to this past weekend. Uh, it was located in the Donald E. Stephen Convention Center, so it was a pretty far drive, and I've never been there. Well, no, I have been there, but uh, I've go- I don't go there frequently, so uh, finding parking was dreadful, and oh. just finding directions was dreadful. But uh, I'm not a jewelry person myself. It's more so for my sister because she makes her own custom stuff. So uh, I decided to go just for the heck of it, see if I can actually can like it. But in the end, I didn't like it. And I, I want to say too much because that's for the whole piece is about. But in the end, uh, my experience wasn't that good. So. Oh, no. Uh, would, you, would you care to elaborate on why it wasn't as good as you thought? Uh, It's just that... It was really crowded in that a lot of the jewelry was really repetitive seeing because, like, a lot of the boots carried the same pieces. So it was uh, unlike, say, because I go to comic conventions a lot. Comic conventions, you're going to have... It's sort of similar to how a lot of booths just have Funko Pops. You know, it kind of gets stale after a while. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) So, so, uh, but, see, at least the thing with Funko Pops is that, you know, you have your different licenses, you have your different characters. So, although you're going to see Funko Pops, you're at least going to see different... Different Funko top, Pops. Yeah, different characters. Here, it was just the same ring, the same necklace, the same earrings. Mm. So, it got really repetitive really quick. Um, one thing, walking, I just, I just thought of the movie Uncut Gems the entire time at the convention. I don't know if you guys ever seen that movie with no. Adam Sandler. Never in my life. No? no? Heard of it. You never heard of it no. either? Wow, yeah. So it was came out like in 2018, 2019, I think. And I was so oh, really? excited to I was so excited to see it. I remember being really hyped. Um it's one of my favorite movies. I really like it. You I even put some of the soundtrack in the audio piece. Mm, nice. Um but basically during the entire time just walking, I just uh, thought of uncut gems the entire time <laughs> uncut jams uncut as Sid says uh but yeah it's basically about uh this jewelry per- uh he's a shop owner he sells jewelry he- i forgot what his name is it's played by adam sandler and he just keeps making bet after bet trying to get out of his debt and it's like really tense because you know is his bet gonna go well is his bet gonna lose him money is he gonna earn him money so and then he just has like loan sharks following him like every 10 minutes there's not a scene where a loan shark appears so uh, it's definitely one of my favorite movies i highly recommend you guys check it out i think it's on netflix hmm. what was the name called again 
Uh, it was called Uncut Gems. Was Uncut Adam Gems. Gems. Once you uh, explained what the movie's about, it does sound like something Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, Adam Sandler. <laughs> sounds like a good time. That's what it sounds like. Um, actually, the director's previous film was called Good Time. So <laughs> <laughs> this, this was entirely coincidental. But yeah, for for me, like you know, although I didn't enjoy it, uh. I didn't enjoy the convention. I still enjoyed making the piece because you don't want to talk about something that's always like positive. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's nice to talk about things. I I don't want to say it's nice to talk about things negatively. You always have to be negative, but yeah. it's nice to just like go out of your comfort zone and see if you like it or not. And in this case, I didn't like it, so it was just nice to just. I don't I don't want to sound mean, but it was nice to be negative. You know, break out of that. Always, <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good. A uh, routine. I want to break out of that. See, what's great about it is that you tried it, and unlike in like unlike most people who just don't like things because personal preference, you actually went and tried and went out of your comfort zone, and you still didn't like it. Yeah. No, yeah. no one can fault you for that. So yeah. Good, good on you. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, you. props to you because you still tried out and yeah, like your experience is what we're gonna about to listen to. So, so uh, this is uncut jewelry. This past weekend, I had a chance to attend the International Gem and Jewelry Show at the Donald E. Stephen Convention Center, and I did not enjoy it. You see, my sister makes custom jewelry, from necklaces, bracelets, earrings, etc., and she was interested in the convention to see what beach would be available for her masterpieces. Furthermore, because tickets would be free for students, I didn't see the harm of tagging along. Realistically speaking, I wasn't expecting a lot going in. I'm not a big jewelry person. And the thought of looking at shining diamonds for hours didn't help that much either. However, I remembered my prom proposal, where I asked my date to prom and I also gave them a bracelet. However, the bracelet didn't fit. And I thought that this would be a chance away f- to redeem myself and get them something really nice for prom. So although I still wasn't looking forward to the event, I at least had a reason for going. Before even entering the convention center, finding parking and walking to the show was confusing itself. But despite all odds, we made it to the ticket center but the old lady had no clue what we were talking about regarding our online registration and tickets. Anyways, upon entering the convention hall, there was a massive booth that had thousands of beads, from small, very fragile ones to expensive, high-quality ones bursting with color. The amount of options was impressive, and my sister picked up some beads to make up a Zerk-themed bracelet. One overwhelming factor about this convention was that every booth seemed to have the exact same beads, but every dealer had different prices, so it was a hassle looking around and remembering exactly which table had the best deals, as the majority of vendors looked the exact same. Aside from beads, there were also the main gimmick of the show, gems and jewelry. While earring and necklaces were common to see, rings absolutely dominated the show. Every single booth had rings, from your typical budgeted ones to extremely fancy real diamond rings that cost thousands. To me, this was the absolute worst part of the show. Similar to how different vendors carried the same beads, vendors carried the exact same rings and earrings, but of different quality. For example, one booth had a red ring for 20, and it looked very shiny and clean. Yet another booth had the same ring for 50, and this one looked even more fancier. Not only that, but yet another booth would have the same ring for $10, this time lacking color. This was the worst part of the experience, because it was really repetitive seeing the same item at different vendors of varying quality for different prices. It was a fairly large convention, and we were there for maybe 4 hours, but by the second hour I felt like I had already seen anything. 
As for getting a bracelet for my prom date, that was also a major disappointment. It's really difficult to describe what color the dress is, as it's yellow, but also a dried yellow. But it's also like that infamous blue and gold dress where the lighting makes it change color, so no one really knows exactly what color it is for sure. With this, I wasn't sure if I should get a blue bracelet that matches the yellow, or maybe something purple, and I had no clue if the bracelet would even fit them or not. Though I did find some nice looking jewelry that maybe could have worked well, the repetitiveness of the items really got to me, and I gave up looking. At the end of the day, my sister walked away with a handful of beads, decided to see what her creations will look like, while I was wondering what to eat. I tried to be very optimistic going into the convention, but seeing the same items multiple times, people pushing each other to get a deal, and struggling to find a nice piece of jewelry left me with a sour taste in my mouth. At the end of the day, I failed to look like bling bling. Hey, those were some killer pieces, and we're excited to follow up. This is Estefania. My name is Diego. And I'm Francesca. And we're your hosts for the second half of the show. Before we kick into these awesome pieces, let's take some time to get into how it was to try something new and the editing process. Uh, Francesca, we'll start with you. What was the most unexpected part of your experience? Um, it would be the people in line. Well, actually, people talking. Like, there was this one person who wouldn't stop talking nonstop to me and my mom and my grandma. Oh, and yeah. it was a crypto. He kept talking about crypto and then changing the topic. <laughs> <laughs> crypto. Did, uh, did anything happen that, like, made you nervous or put you on edge? Was the crypto kind of weird? Mm, no. Well, it was not. That did not make me nervous. I just wasn't expe expecting it. Mm -hmm. The part that made me well, it didn't make me nervous, but I thought that when I was going there, I was going to get, like, a little bit too excited. You know how you go somewhere, like, you think you're going to be so excited that your your heart is pounding a little mm -hmm. bit? It kind of did that. That kind of made me nervous. I don't know why, but it just somehow did. I got a question. Did you learn anything from him when he was talking about crypto? Okay. No, that's a good question. I want to know, too. Not really, except that I heard that crypto was going to be the next big thing in five years or so. I heard that five years ago. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite part of the piece? My favorite part was probably talking about Jimmy Fallon ride. Jimmy Fallon ride. has a ride? He <laughs> does. It was it was so cool. Um and if you ever been to like the NBC like building, there was like an NBC building or something in uh, mm -hmm. Universal, and they give you a tour around, and it also shows the past hosts like Conan and Jay Leno, and I forgot the other people's names. Old people. Yep. That's cool. Jamie Fox. Mm mm. No, like the past host oh, of the, the Tonight the Show. Tonight I show. thought Jamie Foxx was a past host. Maybe guest host? I don't know. What about you, Diego? What was the most unexpected part of your experience? Um, The first time I tried recording, me on the train, Um, I didn't bring my Ventra, and I didn't bring money. Oh, no. And so I was oh. trying to convince the lady in the front, like, yo, please, let me go on the train. I'll come back, I swear. <laughs> She's like, you can't do that. And I was like, I got a recorder. You see this? This is what I'm going to record with. It's like, you better stop. You better get out of here before I call security. Oh. And I was, There's no security here, but okay, I'll get out. And then, so I just left. And that, that kind of sucked because I wasted my time. But, 
Yeah, the next day I forgot my venture too. But I asked this. I brought two dollars and fifty cents, and so I asked this one guy. I was like, "Can you can you scan in for me?" He's like, "You know, I got you." Nice. So I passed, and then he's like, "I told him thank you." That's all. That's that's unexpected. I, Cause I always keep my venture with me, but I, I forgot it the one time I actually needed it. Ooh, been there. Oh, yeah. the so. guy was helpful though. You yes. got lucky. You got very yeah. lucky. But I was contemplating about jumping over the disabled people thing because well, I really wanted to go on the train. Don't tell anyone I told you this, but you can kind of reach over and press the button. Oh, yeah, and then press the button, but she was right just, there, so I didn't yeah. want to do it. <laughs> but I just wanted to seem cool if I jumped over it in front of her, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because if I press the button, it's not going to be as cool. But if I jump over it, be like, see, I'm going on the train. <laughs> like, you can't stop me now. <laughs> Um, and was there anything that you regret not doing? Um, I kept scrapping the ones I did beforehand. Like, I had a good amount, but then I didn't like how it sounded, so I just wanted to erase all of it. So I did that two times, and then the last one, I, I was like, I don't even like this one, but I got to turn something in. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of regret uh, erasing some parts because I liked it, but I didn't realize I liked it until I liked it and until it was too late. And I couldn't redo it again because I guess it was just like a one-time thing. Mm. So, yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. How about you? How was your audio piece? Um, It was fun. I guess I kind of procrastinated a lot um, and kind of got it done at the last minute. So I wish I had put more time into it. But it was fun. Uh, probably the most unexpected part was uh, one of the bunnies like picked up the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and shoved it away from them um but it was fine i was just scared she would like bite a piece of it off but she didn't were you planning on buying any bunnies or you just went to just be like, no i just went you can't buy them no. there you just hang out with them um but yeah i decided to go there because i had a bunny and then he unfortunately passed away so um, i'm not ready to get another bunny yet so i'm just gonna keep going there uh, to get my bunny fix. Uh, are bunnies like gerbils? They're bigger, like way bigger. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, they're kind of like dogs, actually, like tiny dogs. They just don't bark. When you had your bunny, did you ever take him on walks? Did you like, have a harness? I didn't have a harness. I actually did get a harness for him one time, but he hated it. So I would just take him outside and let him run around, like in the grass. Yeah, I should have got a harness for my cat. He escaped. Oh, no. But it's okay. It happens. Did he come back? I don't know. Probably no. He didn't come back. I that's, forgot about him, but it's okay. Oh, that's Let's go. bad. I should have bought a harness. But if Diego's cat is out there, please come back. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's listening to this. <laughs> oh, I have a question for both of you. Um, if money was not a factor, what would be your dream mission? I want to go to Iceland. Ooh. Yeah, but on boat. Just to be on a boat. Yeah, I've never been on a boat. Or on a plane. Okay, I don't know if I have a dream mission, really. I just, I'm probably going to do all of those at, all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to buy V-Bucks on Fortnite. Or I'm not going to buy it, but there's just a buy Fortnite. get be f- for it to be free, yeah. Okay. I, I just know that I'm, if, if, if it wasn't a factor, then I would have gotten a lot at, all at once or started chasing it all at once. Okay. And did you have fun? creating your piece yeah i liked it yeah i I liked it a lot 
Same. It's just that, like, sometimes I had to, like, pre-record it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, you were also on vacation, right? Yes. Okay. I had fun. Bunnies are fun. It was also, like, really uh, relaxing. They're really nice and cuddly. Did you get punched by a bunny before? No. Because I saw bunnies fighting. He was just kicking them with his legs. Yeah, they're they're tough. Like people think bunnies are really fragile, but they they have some fight. And um, I wouldn't say they punch, but they definitely kick. I like bunnies. They look. They seem cool. They you jump around one, and stuff. But don't I'm, let I'm, it run away. My dog is really <laughs> aggressive. Oh. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think he'll. But he's a small dog, so the bunny would probably beat him. Oh. Because my cats beat him up when he like touched them. But then my cat ran away though. I really hope your cat comes back. It's been like a couple months. Wait, how, yeah. how long has it been gone? For a couple months. He's like barely seven months old. Oh, my God. Oh my God. He it's and his sister so ran away, but we found his sister. Did and now she doesn't go outside at all. She's too scared to go outside. Good. Wait, he, but he escaped, I guess. Is the missing cat a he or a she? It's a he. He's really big. He's really he's a chunkist. You know what I mean? You should put his picture out there. Oh, we did, but oh. nobody said nothing. Dang. I feel like. I'm sorry. Have you guys ever seen like gang cats, cat gangs? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Those he probably colonies. joined the gang. Yeah. Oh, um, like, probably joined the. Cult. I feel like, yeah, because yeah, he was the alpha. He beat up my dogs. He beat up the other cats. He asserted himself. I liked him, but he ran away. So that sucks. That really, that really sucks, and that's very interesting about your cat. That he joined the gang. I'm pretty yeah. sure he did. He seemed like the type of person to join the gang. Oh, well. But, Francesca, are you ready to introduce your piece? I'm excited to hear it. Possibly. Mm, my piece is my experience in both Disney and Universal Studios. And I talk about the rides, the lines, possibly people. And there's also sounds to it, too. Um, I think in my audio piece, Disney, no, Universal's first that I talk about, and then Disney. Which one did you like better? I think Universal because I feel like it had more themes to it. Mm-hmm. More TV shows, movies. It's more of, um, like, if you've ever been to the Simpsons land or something in Universal, it's really big. They have the restaurants. It's like whole, the whole city. Yeah, I've bit. seen videos of Wait, it. Wait, was your favorite ride the Jimmy Fallon ride? Yes, Why? it was. It was definitely the Jimmy Fallon. I did not expect it to be so cool. I, 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 I didn't even know it was 3D, though. That was, like, the first 3D ride I went on. I got a question. Yeah. Is it, like, a roller coaster, or is it just, like, a chill ride? It's a chill ride, but you feel like you're flying. Oh. And some of them, the 3D ones, you feel like you're. Flying. Do you got like? Do you have like a VR thing? Is it just like 3D glasses? Just 3D glasses. Okay. Okay. So the title of my piece is, um, it's Disney versus Universal. I think. Um, yeah, that's it. Hi, I'm Francesca, and I will be sharing my mission when I went to Florida and went to both Disney World and Universal Studios. And I will be talking about the rides and the ones that are my favorite. And another thing I'll be talking about is people in line. (laughs) 
so my favorite ride was the Jimmy Fallon ride where he like gave everybody a tour to New York and this ride was it was really cool. They even tried to like entertain people while waiting in line by playing promos or videos of the Jimmy Fallon show. The first five minutes you're in line before they let you in, Glenn moves pretty fast and after the ride is over then you can go to the shop where they have like Jimmy Fallon shirts and other things along with this character he plays named Sarah without an H. The Jimmy Fallon ride, it was like 3D, so that's what really made it cool. And like they moved like the seats a little high up or something, like just make it feel like we're flying or like we're basically following where Jimmy Fallon goes. There was this other ride I liked and it was the uh, Jurassic World Velociraptor ride. It was such a cool ride. It was like really fast, actually, but the line was kind of long, but at least it moved. Most of my favorite rides in Universal, they were like all 3D. There was this Spider-Man ride, which was also 3D. Harry Potter, where you like you feel like you're flying in the broom and you follow where Harry Potter and wherever they go. I think Hermione too was there. I just know it was I just remember it was Harry and Ron in it. You don't have to like wear 3D glasses on that ride. On the Harry Potter one, you don't have to wear it, but like the other ones that are 3D, you kind of do. In Universal, they were a little bit strict about having your phones out, so, so you kind of have to put your phones in the lockers and not your pocket, because then they're going to do like a security scan or check on you, and then they can see if you have your phone, and if you do, they'll make you put your phone in the locker. Okay, so... In Universal, when me and my family, we were in line, we met this really nice person in Universal who knew everything about Universal and the history of it. He even knew where everything was and he didn't even work there, but he was really nice. My family liked him. We didn't even need to like tour the map of the park because the guy knew where everything was. I'm gonna talk about Disney World. Disney World was really fun. It had four parks. Um, If you're there at 9 o'clock, there's a 9 o'clock show where they play all the music of the Disney movies and the castle like lights up and changes colors. It's really pretty. Like the view. It's so pretty. And then there was a Tinkerbell flying across like we can't, well, flying on a zip line. It was like on top of the castle outside to the parking lot, I think. There was also the Space Mountain I went on, Dumble's Flying Elephants, Aladdin's Magic Carpet, the Jungle Cruise, Splash Mountains, Mountain, and Haunted Mansion. I remembered being on the haunted mansion i fell asleep it was so dark in there but i i didn't like the ride i just thought it was really boring and kind of lame it made me really tired it it really did the jungle cruise was also really good too they have 
these tourists who play like Dwayne's, well, The Rock's character, kind of, and they're they're really funny actually. Like people that give us a tour around the Jungle Cruise. The, well, the person that who was giving me and my family a tour, she was really funny. It's like some of the jokes she made was funny, and then we saw like the fake elephants, and then like the big elephant, well, the, the fake animals. And we even saw a waterfall too. We got to go inside this little tiny boat while taking a tour. They tried to make it just like the movie. It was really cool. The Monster Zinc Laugh Floor on Disney World. It's not a ride. And basically what it is is there's an audience and they're supposed to like be funny or something like that. And then they point the cameras like they say like which one's um Sully or that the baby. I'm not sure. I cannot remember the monsters and characters. Whenever they would introduce Sully, it would be some random person from the audience and they would like they would put the flashlight on and um, point at them and the camera shows there's like a very big screen in front of you and you look at the screen and it was really fun it was it was funny it was interesting i thought the laugh floor was interesting you know it had it had kind of funniness to it too next thing i'm going to talk about this is going to be the last one too it was the Space Mountain, and it was one of my favorites in Disney World. But there was also one thing that really disappointed me, and it was the line. And the line, it was very disappointing because it's it feels like they tricked you. Like, one second you think that you're going to be so close to the roller coasters, like you're going to be the next ones on there. But then there is a line literally in front of you that, like, goes to the next door and then you have to wait like a while probably another 45 minutes but if you went on the roller coaster it goes really fast it's like one second there's light that goes past you super fast and then the next second you're like in outer space you see it's very dark it has tiny stars and it's just, it's really fun. And I remember the roller coaster being one seat each. Like, you can't sit next to anybody. They're just all behind you or in front of you. And I remembered being in the f very front of the coaster. And that was a very fun experience. It was, it was so fun. I'm glad I went on that ride. But again, one thing that disappointed me was line so now i've talked about both my experiences and my trip to florida and visiting and seeing both universal studios and disney world and trying out the rides and having fun and uh that was it uh, thank you for listening You're listening to What's Up on WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio. Today, the YOLO crew is going out of their way to take on new experiences just for the sake of it. 
So far, we flew to Florida and Mexico with Brian and Francesca. We sparkled with Angel at the jewelry convention and crafted a masterpiece with Jeremiah. Get ready to choo-choo with Diego and hop around with me at Corobani Cafe. Later on, get all the goss on Expo Chicago with Sid and August on YOLO Exposed. Hi, my name is Diego. My audio piece is about a train. And how what I experience when I'm on the train, how I feel when I'm on the train. Um, it was really nerve-wracking because I talk about how I feel because when I'm on the train, I contemplate the most. So I've, I don't really do that. So my bus mission was just me talking about it. Well, me talking about the experience because it's hard for me to express myself and I wanted to express myself in a serious manner, I guess. Was it a long train ride? It, it was a... I mean, I was there for a long ride, but I didn't record all of it because I, I kind of forgot to record. Oh. So, but it's enough for me to. It was enough for me to make the audio piece itself. What line was it? It's the orange line. Okay. It's not the closest to my house. But I'm the most comfortable there. The orange line. Yeah, okay. that's, like, a, that's it's, a good one. It's like two miles from my house, and I just walk it. You you took it to Midway or to the Loop? I just took it to the Loop, and I just go around the whole time. Okay. I just get off like before Midway, so Pulaski. And I take it again, then I do the same thing like for hours sometimes. Is it CTA? Yeah, CTA. There's other buses. I mean, there's other trains. There's a metro, but... Oh, yeah, metro. <laughs> I've never been on the metro. I want to go on the metro. That seems cool. I think I know which one you were talking about, the CTA you took. Yeah, the orange mm-hmm. line. It's pretty cool. I, it, it came out in Shameless. Isn't it by a church? Well, there's different stops, so I don't know which... Huh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't... Man, I don't know. So, I, just, I just know it's a train. It's CTA. So is the orange line your favorite line? Uh, yeah. I, one time, me and my friends just went around all... all we went on all the lines to see which one I mess with the most. And I like the orange line. I like the brown line. I like the pink line because the trains look cool. And I like the I like the green. I like all the lines, yeah. Why? I like all the, Why do you like the orange line? Or oh, my mom always used to take me to grocery shopping. We always used the orange line. So I guess that's why I like the train so much because I'm I'm used to taking the train a lot. So I really like the train; it makes me feel comfortable. As then I'm gonna talk about it in the audio piece how it makes me feel. Yeah, I like the I know the the pink line and the green line have like the newer trains. I like the older trains, like the the brown and the orange line. I didn't even know they were older. These look cool. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Did you have you ever had any like weird experiences on the CTA with people? Yeah, one time people I was sitting the down, CTA. and this guy pulls up and he has like a, a duffel bag on him. He starts. I'm sitting right next to him. I'm like, he said, "What's up?" I was, "What's up?" And he sat down next to me. And he starts opening it like slowly, and then I'm like, "What? The, what the heck is about to happen?" And then a, a dog's head pops up and he's just, "What up?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's a dog," and so. Yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. Then we just stayed talking about dogs and how, because the guy was homeless and he just carries his dog in a duffel bag, so nobody knows he has a dog <laughs> with him. So that was a pretty cool, cool experience. And I, I, I just talk to random people sometimes because I feel comfortable on the train. Because mm-hmm. nobody's gonna remember me after they get on the train since everybody's moving. So I feel comfortable. I just there was this old couple. They were just reading a newspaper, and I start talking to them about. Well, I just found it crazy that they were reading a newspaper because I don't see nobody reading a newspaper. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to them about how they feel. Like, 
everything's changing around them and they get to like experiencing is it like feeling some type of it, do they feel some type of way like is it, it's just crazy for them and they're like yeah it's pretty crazy and they they went more in depth but that's basically all the most most of the experiences i've had on the train that i remember mm-hmm. but yeah yeah cta is a good place to experience new people i also well cta is also cool too because they have like dunkin donuts and oh yeah they do. that's and the first time i tried coffee duncan yeah in roosevelt the train station train? oh so my piece is called the train choo choo it's not called it's just called the train and yeah it just talks about my experiences on the train how i feel and what i think about on the train something so calm and relaxing to ride in the train to me from feeling like nobody can judge me nobody's looking at me funny because everybody's constantly on the move from looking outside the window seeing the gray skies and the rain pour and listening to the train tracks with their rhythm being able to sit down so peacefully thinking of ideas and stories that pop up to my head ideas and stories that only make sense to me Sometimes I feel so trapped in my head Thinking, am I doing something dumb? Am I dumb? Why am I like this? Why am I so awkward? Why does nobody like me? But then I get on the train And everything feels fine I feel free I'm not trapped inside my mind I'm free I like to write when I'm on the train I can write for hours when I'm on the train I feel so inspired when I'm on the train I don't know why. I guess the train's constantly moving, so it keeps my brain constantly moving. I I ponder a lot when I'm on the train. And I feel that it's okay when I'm on the train. I think, uh, am I doing good enough? Am I being lazy? Am I okay? Am I being a good son? 
Am I showing enough love to my mother? Am I showing enough care to my sisters? I think about it sometimes a lot. And the train helps me concentrate the thoughts even more. So sometimes when I come off the train, I feel like I know what to do. I know I don't know what to do, but I feel like I can be a better person when I think and just talk to myself. But the train gets me super creative in ways that I don't know why it just happens when I'm on the train. It just gets me super creative. I start writing, start writing. I start listening to music. I start listening to the beat. And then I do things like this. If you ain't know, if you ain't know. If you ain't know what you bout to know, what's up? If you ain't know what you bout to know, what's up? If you ain't know what you bout to know, what's up? If you ain't know, you ain't know what you bout to know. If you ain't know, you ain't know what you bout to know, you know now. What's up? My name Tadeo. You motherfuckers say something I ain't hate. Oh, all the smoke, motherfuckers think they could talk what I smoke now. You must be playing around. It's just what happened to the rest of them. They laying around. Just they praying they found a mind like mine. A mother. That don't waste time And you think I'm lying I ain't I got no time to waste I got no time to waste You best believe I'ma get another plate What up, what up, though What up, what up, though So, yeah, that's my Buster Mission show Thank you for listening I'm sorry it's not as cool as everybody else's It's just Something I like doing It's something I never shared with nobody So It was cool experience for me because I got to, I get to say how I feel I'm not making an audio piece about something weird like I normally do but so that's my bust mission show sorry it's not as cool as everybody else's thank you for listening and swear okay we are back live and we just heard uh Diego's audio piece um Diego that was really good that was so cool mm-hmm. now we're gonna take it to Stephania's audio piece Stephania what's your audio piece about um, it's just me. Uh, I went to Cuddle Bunny. It's this place on the north side where you can just hang out with bunnies, um, like live bunnies, and you can like feed them little greens and pet them, and it's really cool. Is it like a seasonal thing? Like no, it's, it's open, open all year around. round. Yeah, um, it's like a store, so you can buy like bunny stuff. Um, like they have jewelry and backpacks. Um, bunnies. Yeah, like bunny backpacks. They have puppets. Wait, for the bunnies or like for they... you. Yeah, to buy. Oh. I oh. mean, I guess you could buy them for your bunnies, but they're like backpacks, like shaped like bunnies. That's cool. That's really cute. It's super cute. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of cute stuff to buy there. Um, besides hanging out with the bunnies. How much did you like it? I loved it. So, here. Hope you can hear me hanging out with them and them. It's a lot of them chewing like ASMR bunny <laughs> noises. Would you uh, would you buy a bunny there? Thing you can't buy them there. You can just hang out with them. But yeah, oh, this is okay. cuddling bunnies at Cuddle Bunny. <laughs> do, how do they separate the bunnies? They're in like, the, uh, like are there some uh, is there some bunnies that are aggressive? Some that are more passive. They're not aggressive. Uh, they they're all really nice. But, yeah, they're all separated in little things. Do they fight you... with each other? No. <laughs> so, wait. Do they So they do they train them, too? No. Can you train bunnies? You can. But, mm-hmm. yeah. You, got, you guys can hear it now. 
This is uh, Cuddling Bunnies at Cuddle Bunny. So today I'll be going to Cuddle Bunny on the north side. It's a store where you can have interactions with real bunnies. You do need to reserve a time to do so and prepay online. You could just walk in, but the times might be booked up. I've already made my reservation for later today, so we're just going to hop on the train to get us there. As usual, I'm running a little bit late, so we are actually busting a mission to get there on time. This is a ground line for you to give up. Okay, just got off the train and now walking to Cuddle Bunny. We, I, will be there shortly. We're about a block away now. Can't wait to see the bunnies. And we're here. Hello. We opened in July of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, the idea is basically to, oh, the owner rescued um, all these bunnies and then kind of providing a better home than they may have had otherwise, as well as uh, the idea is to kind of provide stress relief for people oh. and in return, the bunnies get socialization. It's kind of a win-win. Um, it's just supposed to be kind of a relaxing, uh, stress-reducing activity. <laughs> um, yeah, the, we just have like a couple like little rules. Um, the biggest thing is not trying to pick the bunnies up or grab them. Mm -hmm. We try to keep them on the floor. Uh, we often try to like sit next to them, pet them. Um, the uh, bunny shuffle, we call it, is just kind of being aware of where your feet are when you're inside with the bunnies. Mm -hmm. just, they like to run around sometimes and sneak up on us. Yeah. Uh, so that's another one. Um, the other ones are totally on the board if you have any other questions. Uh, okay. Do you have any other, anything else I can? Mm -hmm. <laughs> not sure. That's good, yeah. Okay, thank cool. you. <laughs> so I'm here with the first bunnies, Rex and Lola. Hi, guys. Hi, buddy. You're so big. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really excited about that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Rest. Yeah. Some cilantros. Give some to your friend. Lola. Oh, she's running around. What's up, buddy? What do you want to say to the people, Rex? I want cilantro. I know, huh? some big floofy ears so Rex is like the biggest rabbit here and Lola looks like she's the tiniest rabbit here 
Rex is like big and fluffy and like light brown. He definitely loves treats because he stopped paying attention to me after I gave him all the cilantro I had. But he's letting me pet him, so that's good. 10 out of 10 bunny we got here. Yeah, he's... Whoa! That was another bunny. But this guy is like bigger than all of my cats. They got kind of bored of me after a <laughs> Treats. This is Elsa. We are a bonded pair. Elsa is a mini Rex bunny. Super soft, really sweet, mm -hmm. very food motivated. <laughs> and then this is Anna. Anna is a Dutch bunny. A black and white pattern there. Thank you. These girls are a little shy. Oh my goodness, Elsa is super soft. I wish you guys could feel this bunny. She's like a cloud. Interactions earlier, so I think he's just like really itching to yeah. hang out with somebody. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. You gotta let your new friends in. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Oh, this way, this way. Here. <laughs> Thank you. No, wrong way. <laughs> Hi, Pepe. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Hi. Oh, you're so cute. Some cilantro. Oh, he was ready for those. Hi. Oh, you're so cute. Pepe looks like cookies and cream ice cream. And he's tiny with floppy little ears. Oh, he's so excited. Hi, buddy. So cute and soft. He is loving it. So cute. <laughs> Thanks so much. 
And we're out. That was amazing. It's so stress uh, relieving. I feel relaxed and happy. Like, there's no way you could get me angry right now, I don't think. Let me not jinx it. But either way, I will be back. Um, I even got myself a little punch card. So after five hours of rabbit interaction, my sixth hour is free. Um, so I'm very excited for that. Thanks for coming along, cuddle bunny. While I cuddled and fed some bunnies. That was so cute. This has been the Bust Emission Show on What's Up on WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. Can you believe all the crazy things we got up to? From international travels with Brian to witnessing an underground jewelry market. A chance to experience with a crypto god at Disney World to becoming our best artist in the online biography. To choo-chooing along on the CTA and getting fun and fluffy at the Bunny Cafe. Hey, yo, mission accomplished. Shout out to the Steph and August in the studio. Thanks for turning the whole season 19 to our grand finale. Woo! Woo-hoo! We'll see you in summertime. But before then, a little bonus to our very own YOLO Exposed. Exposed. That's beautiful, look at that. The music you're hearing now was performed on April 9th by a string quartet as part of the Child of God art experience at this year's Expo Chicago. This installation encapsulates what Expo seems to be trying to say overall this year melding different artistic mediums to entrance a crowd that only grows larger as the notes go on. It's also the method that August and I use to navigate the giant array of galleries and booths. We jumped from booth to booth, constantly asking, what draws you in? Is it how beautiful it is? How large and upstanding it is? Or just that it's funky? This is YOLO. Exposed. So right now we're showing the work of Marjana Abrahamic, who was working at Michelle Clark High School, and Norman Teague, who was working at Tilden High School. That's Sofia Guadalupe Paget Perez, Artistic Director at CPS Live. We're a nonprofit that places local artists into the Chicago Public Schools to tell the stories of what's going in the Chicago Public Schools, uplift um, their unique stories, and also collaborate with the students, do after-school programming. How'd y'all get started, uh, like um, CPS Lives? Yeah, so we've been around for about four years. Um, it started with Suzette Bross, who is a local photographer. So she kind of had been working in um, philanthropy and art, and she kind of wanted to put the two together. And she noticed that there wasn't enough positive stories being told about Chicago public schools. And so she thought, artists are the best storytellers. If we bring them into the schools, then we can tell the rest of the world what's going on inside. Sophia then introduced us to Suzette Bross founder of CPS Lives. So our artists are amazing and they deserve the recognition for the work that, that they're doing in the Chicago Public School. Norman teaches at UIC and Marzena teaches at uh, SEIC. From all these artists, uh, how did y'all 
in touch with like the schools, like which which schools to pick. And sort of a mixture. Some of the artists come in and they're, they're curious to, you know, about a certain school, like our Edra Soto right here. When she was in our program, she was really curious about the high school that was right next to her studio. And Marjana, when she started with us, she said, working with young women and photographing them. And so we, high school, public high school, sadly. But then, so she was looking for another school and we had a great, the Michelle Clark School in Austin. So I put her in touch with the and off, off to the races. He was very curious to work at Tilden because he went to Tilden. He graduated in 1986 and he had not been back since he, when I introduced him to the principal, it was the first time he'd walked into the doors of his high school. You know, since it's pretty amazing to watch him walk around and be like blown away, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I well, thank you so much for uh, speaking with us. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. We really thank you. Yeah, Take care. Have a good day. Thank you. Yeah. Did you want an up? No. <laughs> Take a crunch into the, into the. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, I'll just do the crunch real quick. ASMR. Oh, that's crispy. I made it out of five. Well, it's a Granny Smith. <laughs> so that's minus two already. It's local. Alright, plus one. <laughs> that's a three. This is solid. This is something. It's juicy. It's juicy. It's quite tart, but what are you going to do about it, you know? <laughs> Something I really like about this is I see a lot of black art here. Yeah. You know? I think they probably made an effort recently. Henry made a good point. Like, there's a lot of black art here, but it's all being repped by white gallery that is representatives. True. I do notice that. At least on this side, hopefully down the line we'll see more, more black people to represent this. That is an interesting note, though. I feel like that's a common conception that we have about gallery owners versus the actual artists. You know yeah, what I mean? It's the labor. Yeah. Even though that seemed to be the general rule, we focused on the exceptions for our experience, orgs and artists that center around people of color. Our next interview was with a gallery that shared that goal. She found us a little in awe of these giant regal-looking collages, and honestly, I think it was one of my favorite conversations because we had a lot of insight on the artist's inspiration and also the communities that they come from. You're listening to YOLO Exposed on WLPNLP, Lumpin' Radio, 105.5 FM, Chicago. My name is August Avitain, by the way. Nice to meet you. I'm Monica Langham. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Oh, sure. My pleasure. My pleasure. Could you tell us a little bit about the artists themselves? Sure. So the work on the back wall is Phyllis Stevens. She's a fifth-generation master quilter. She learned from her grandmother. She's been doing this for over 40 years. The work, the material is all sustainably sourced. She has a very big interest in one, making sure that the material lasts, but two, making sure that she is not contributing to the carbon footprint, making sure that the textile houses that she works with have sustainability options and are following appropriate guidelines. So she's very intentional about that. This work that you see here is the first three of a series of eight, and it's called The Land of Make-Believe. And it is, um, dealing with serious issues with a whimsical kind of approach. So it's about relationship and how people view reality versus fantasy. Every different pattern that you see is an individual piece of material that's sewn to each other. So, can we uh, get a closer look? Yeah, closer. Yeah. <laughs> the way it's like the patchwork look, it really reminds me of Hungarian folktales, kind of oh, how they're okay. looking. But like, There's also a uh, African-American Southern tradition of quilting oh, okay. where they would 
just do full circle with their clothing. So they would wear it, and when the clothing would start to fray, they'd cut it up into little squares or triangles or circles and then sew it together. So the material would continue to live on in terms of blankets and things like that. So that's where um, this comes from. Every piece that you see that's completely encapsulated in stitching is an individual separate piece. And they're just lightly overlapped and sewn to each other as opposed to being sewn to a canvas. So if you were to turn it around, you would actually be able to see the work on the back of it. So it's not sewn to something else. She did have the faces digitally created, but a lot of the material, the majority of it, is actually found material. So she has an idea in mind, and then she, as she starts to look at different patterns and textures, she starts to weave things in together. So this is machine stitching, but she does it all herself. There is hand stitching around the embellishments. So the crowns that you see, any rings, um, and sometimes the shoe details, those are hand sewn. The amount of labor definitely in this. Definitely. So this took her about four and a half months to complete three pieces. That's and that's quick. that's like a full day, like a full eight to ten hour day of work. Oh. It's really created an impactful visual, like the second we saw you get Yes, this is a showstopper. We um, are really enjoying the fact that people come to the booth, they stop and they admire, and then they step in a little closer and they get to see the real differences in it. What artist is this? So this is Lynthia Edwards. She is a collage artist, but not just collage. She's a photographer as well as a painter. So all of the photographic pictures that you see there are pictures that she has taken of herself and of her family, even the hands and the boots. She also takes pictures of material that she'll use. Sometimes she uses actual material sourced in her pieces. So she examines issues and situations around childhood youth and joy, freedom, and exuberance. Those are the themes that she likes to work around. So this piece here is called 10 Little Black Girls. It's a diptych. That means it's a full painting, but it's actually done on two canvases. This piece was actually selected by the 21C Hotels. They have a traveling museum collection, and this will be a part of their collection. What I like about this piece are the bubbles. You can see like an homage to her childhood. So some are blue, but then some are like shiny black yeah. applied to the canvas. Then I like the little girl who's playing peekaboo there, and then the girls that are dancing. So all of her pieces have movement, and you know, you can really pick out pieces of it that are, for me, I have the ability to pick out pieces that are very similar and familiar to me and my upbringing. I really like these, the fingers right here. Like, this is one of those pieces, it just, it's so intricate. Every time you look at it, you see something new, right? Yeah, it's always interesting for me because I'm here all week and every day I can look at these and find something different to focus in on and think about. So, it's really thought-provoking work. Definitely. Thank you so much for coming to see it. Of course, and I really appreciate the more I'm looking, the collection of artists you have gathered here. It's like a mastery of multiple mediums. So the gallery owner is very interested in making sure that um, Southern African-American women are supported and that they have the opportunity to get their stories out. So that's one of the focuses of the gallery. That's really um, refreshing, I guess, you know? Because look, we, we just walked this right here. There are, there's a ton of black artists right here, mm -hmm. but all, all the representation is from white gallery owners. Or... It's important that um, 
that we all support each other first. But definitely that communities of color have the opportunity to really be able to tell our story. Not only just from painting it, but also to supporting it and help to facilitate, you know, livelihoods. It is amazing to be able to do what you love and to get paid for it. Um, and one of the goals is to make sure that the community is continually involved. So we're in Brooklyn, in Bed-Stuy. And he has a real big interest, the owner has a real big interest in making sure that the children of the community have exposure to art and know that there are a wide world of opportunities for them. Um, making the artist accessible, making the art accessible to the community in terms of seeing it and being able to buy it, as well as making sure that, that we have programs that allow them to participate. Meeting the artist, actually doing the work themselves is really important. We're very interested in making sure that people of color are represented, all people of color are represented. After that amazing interview with Monica, we continued to walk around and explore a little, making sure we saw all of what Expo had to offer. Would you like some champagne? Yo, that's crazy. Yeah, how much? A 20, 22 glass? Hold on, get this on. 22 a glass for champagne. Let me tell you something. I don't drink champagne. In fact, I don't drink at all. A little past the champagne booth, August and I ran into a gallery that was displaying dozens of pictures of young children, all holding up the words, I matter, in their native languages. We stopped by looking for a better understanding of the project. Is that D-case? I don't think so. Would you mind if we ask, ask a bit about this? Uh, no, you interview her. no, no, I got my, I mean, we, we are both co-founders of this, um, just to give you a little background, but I also have a gallery in Chicago, and she lives in Oslo, and she has a gallery in Oslo. Oslo, Norway? Um, yeah, Oslo, oh, Norway. Oh, okay. Yeah, we are an international group, but I mean, um, <laughs> you can do the talking. Well, I'm going to ask you to I'm from Oslo, Norway, and, uh, and I'm Kathy Edelman from Chicago, and we have established a thing called Case Art Fund, which is in human rights organization towards children and it's about education and kids and so we have two projects right here in the booth one's about I Matter and I Matter is very much about human, children's human rights and education and it's more about empowering kids to give back to the fact that they want to be a part of the education system and also their rights to that and the other side of it is Briefcase which is on the back wall and that shows that we were working with 17 different photographers and what we do is that we sell a print that we take out from their projects and half of the sales goes to an NGO. So we connect with a photographer, an artist, and an NGO locally on the ground, small, that are really helping kids. There you go. Anything good? It's very important what you guys are doing. Yeah, we, we really feel Thank like you. children's voices aren't heard. You know, most children are told what to do, but children need to be seen and heard. And so by children writing their own signs in the language that they speak, saying I matter, reminds children that they're part of a greater global effort. And so it's been a, we're at the very beginning of that project. It'll go on for years and years and years. And it'll eventually be an outdoor project with JR's Inside Out Project. Uh, he's a French artist who does these projects all over the world, wheat pasting photographs bigger, all over the world. Very, images. very big images. And so we are debuting it here to show people what the project's about. And there, I'd say two-thirds of the uh, children are Chicagoans. It's really interesting you noted, too, like local NGOs. Uh, program. I have a background in like refugee studies. Yeah, so mm -hmm. yeah. Well, good for you. Uh, 
just concerning with like local yeah. NGOs and yeah. making sure community centered. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I mean, the big ones are great. They have yeah. their money and they have their, you know, yeah. they have their process and their yeah. logistics. But the small ones don't. And yeah. it's also yeah. about getting close. That we want that network. We want to be able to talk and communicate with them through the artist and also with the artist. So it's a good way of being able to help and understand it really comes to the kids. So it's, it's yeah, yeah, but it's it's, it's local to where they are. Yeah, where yeah. they are. Uh, one of the artists, Omar Imam, he let me choose, so I uh, well, we sell his photograph. It goes to Refugee One in Chicago. I think they're doing an amazing job. So it's really, yeah, very small grassroots NGOs, not the UNICEFs, and you know. But we've we've partnered with UNICEF. They do a great job, but they don't need our nine hundred dollars, you know, when we sell a photograph. Um, so and it also expands our network. So we get to meet the other the people who are on the ground doing this a lot longer than us. And it's all about collaboration anyway, you yeah. know, and the, and the not-for-profit world. It's like, yeah. how can we help you, and how can you help us? Yeah. It's been very satisfying. And if anyone wanted to learn more information about the fund and what you guys do, where could they find that information? That, they can find it on our website, thecaseartfund.org. So that's no problem at all. So and much. you can always Thank contact you. us too. That's yeah. a big, you know, big yeah. thing. You can always talk to us directly. So yeah. yeah. We have another interview coming up later on in the show that's deep and personal to our own hearts. But for now, let's take a little break with Sid and August's rundown of the fun and freaky at Expo Chicago. Let's kick this off with a fun. A lot of pieces we've seen are just massive. And we just walked into a, a little gallery space with a bunch of tiny little ones drawings and tiles and yes, some yes. baboons it's kind of cozy <laughs> yeah which is weird in the white start gallery spaces around here they all have like the same color palette almost a lot of yellows beige kind of blue very pretty most of the ones we've seen here the like name is an actual placard but this one just has the artist's name scribbled in pencil <laughs> along the side and i think that kind of adds to the space they're making here Kevin McNamee Tweed. Great work, Kevin. This one was cute. We'd been looking at huge canvases all day, so the small tiles were kind of a relief. A second we turned around from that section, we saw a display of other art that really just kind of grabbed you by your pants. Let's see. How about here on this other side? We've got this like tapestry work here. It's just a bunch of small panels, like. Yeah, paper. like little mascots and cartoons. Yeah, but like super intricately drawn. What like made you stop? What made me stop? What to look at it? Um, I really like the colors. For me, for me, like these kind of pieces are 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 my favorite thing. Like where it's just so much detail, it's just overwhelming. You know. You keep finding something new every time you look at it. Yeah, like you could definitely tell that there was so much like care and effort put into this piece. It just draws me in kind of thing and you see like you you dig even deeper it looks like every every space is filled with like words almost you know like they're probably just scribbles or something but someone just went in all they went ham on this thing took the time tony the tiger right there in the middle with the bomb <laughs> yeah a bunch of bunch of like hannah barbera cartoon characters here too I like. I really like these two rats showing each other. Uh, you can say that on the radio. Yeah, showing each other something. Love. Yeah. Freaky, the animatronic, definitely. Yeah, that was something that I couldn't stop looking at. It's pretty entrancing. Uh, it was like an animatronic that moved, uh, and it was dressed up as Abraham Lincoln. 
quite convincingly, I might add. It really reminded me of this one video online. I can only remember it by I Feel Fantastic. So uh, yeah, look that up if you want some nightmares. Yeah, I still can't stop thinking about it's eye touching. Another fun we had was our, one of our first conversations at Expo, actually, with Island Press. It was this copper plate hand transfer called Inverted Cave. The New York Times, Ascension number 1974-264 from the collection of the Center for the Study of the Study of the Tassidae, 2022. The director of Island Press gave us a little bit more info on the piece. By an artist uh, from the Bay Area named Stephanie Siuko. She's a Filipino-American artist, and this piece is based on some research that she's done uh, about a hoax that was uh, perpetrated in the 1970s. This piece is um, based on an image that was published in the New York Times about a tribe in the Philippines called the Tasadai. Um, and it was like, oh, here are these native people that nobody's ever seen before, but actually it was not true. So she's kind of re-bringing this hoax to life um, through some research that she's done like at the Smithsonian. Um, she's very much interested in um, archives, and so she has a project called the Center for the Study of the Study of the Tasadai. Um, yeah, she's got a great sense of humor as well, uh, but it's a very serious project and really beautiful um, example of one of many that we're working on with her. Our final freaky is more of an experience. I uh, got my fortune told by a lady from Kentucky, and... This is how it went. Well, um, what's going on on the table is crystal seeing, and that's where I use these minerals um, to amplify the energies that just naturally occur when two people are talking, even now, between you and me, um, so that I'm able to see the person's inner light, and I say what I see in the stones, much like looking into the clouds and seeing a dragon or a shopping cart or whatever one sees in there, and I say that, to the person, and I've done a meditation to prepare for this, so I'm in a certain mindset that's a little different from rational. Would you mind if we share that experience? Oh, I'd, I'd love you to have one. Yeah? Yes. Do I sit down or? And then we go to work and we're that person. And then we go to social thing and we're that person. And a 
all the time where calling up different parts of certainty that you appeared to have, uh, it seems like maybe four years ago you had a lot of self-confidence and certainty about um, what your personal um, like commitment to yourself was, your motivation, and uh, that that has, that's taken a beating and it's taken a beating in the form of you think you're, you're not understand your that dream. And this is the, the unique shape that I'm like able to offer. Like really, really super big islands all together, separated by larger and smaller bits of water. Um, but then there's a bunch of There's one really big one and four sort of mediumers and three smalls and then a bunch of like you don't know, like little message. Try to look as the other person. It's a perspective message. I'm gonna write that down. Thank you. Thank you. Our final segment of the day is not only one of our favorite things that, that happened at the expo, but also what shocked us the most. YOLO is famous. It was our first time doing press for something, so when we got attention just saying we're with YOLO, it was kind of shocking. Like People actually wanted to talk to us. But more than that, all the Chicago locales knew us. There was an instant kinship there. That's how we became best friends with Oscar at a literary press pop-up in one of the booths. We're um, with National Museum of Mexican Art. Oh, yeah. Is your locality? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that your locality shirt? This is a, this is a What's Up shirt. We're show on Lumpen. We run out of Copro. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, from the Lumpen Radio. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool you guys are with YOLO. But also, hi. YOLO. Uh, I'm from PMI Lumpen Radio, too. Oh, and, oh um, hi. How's it going? Um, and if you don't if you don't make it to Copro tonight though, they're also gonna um, be at the Buddy Store, which is oh, much closer. Oh yeah, um, there's Culture a big Center, right? show at the Culture yeah, Center. Yeah, it's from five to eight today. We're going back. <laughs> we were just there for a oh, show. You were? Okay. <laughs> oh great, that was awesome. Yeah. I'm Nick. Hi. Nick Whitey. Yeah, yeah. Nice I met you at I met you at Coco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to Sid, hey, hey, hey. Right, I remember for the Christmas show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So exciting that you're here. I told Stephanie to let you guys know about coming to the buddy thing um, with the Pretty Better Lady. She's like, she's like, look for Nick. I was like, man, I forgot what he looked like. She's like your hair changed too. He's the white guy in the, in the crazy sweater. Okay. I was like, that's right. <laughs> I was like, there's like, there's like a thousand. There's a lot of white guys in crazy sweaters. I don't mind it's the craziest, baby. What are the odds? Interview Maria Gaspar a former YOLO, and here it is. My name is Maria Gaspar, and I'm an artist from Little Village. Um, I worked at YOLO Cali for a couple years, right out of undergraduate school in like the early 2000s, and um, had a really great experience there, actually. Did a lot of experimentation with my own teaching at that time with my collaborators. Um, but yeah, I'm an artist, and um, I've been doing a lot of interdisciplinary work like sculpture and installation and performance, sound, and um, a lot of it has been based on growing up in a place like La Vita and, and more broadly kind of thinking about um, spatial justice and the way that um, justice or injustice or inequity shows up through our built environment and the way that we behave and the way that we treat each other and the way that we experience space and um, atmosphere. Um, and then I teach. I teach at the Art Institute of Chicago, and where I'm a professor there. Yeah, 
and um, I'm here at Expo showing this piece called Ellipsis, which is kind of a piece looking at um, the demolition of Division One at Kakani Jail, which has been happening for about the last seven months. And um, this this series looks specifically at only one building, um, but I've been recording the entire demolition, so the rest of the buildings as well. So this was just focused on this particular building. So it's uh, mounted on this architectural blueprint mount, which is usually, you know, traditionally used to show large-scale blueprints that architects mock up for buildings, etc. Um, but when you look closely, it's like um, 33 to 34 prints for each bracket that are basically a time-lapse of um, the jail's demolition shot from the street and really kind of keeping the constant of the wall, keeping the constant of that, of that perspective, um, but seeing how the building changes over time. And then if you go to each bracket, you start to also see the life that exists around the neighborhood, you know, as you know, you know the neighborhood uh, pretty well too, so it's like life happens, life is happening, life happens outside of that wall, life happens inside of that wall. Um, and it also captures the movement of the space, so like the way that, you know, trucks and moms and pops and kids and young people are, you know, moving through and seeing this place slowly get dismantled like you know the window of the jail with the bars and it's um and i just spent uh, about a couple weeks every day documenting it and really watching it and watching it come down and thinking a lot about abolition and how we can think about both the deconstruction of prisons and jails but also what do we make uh, instead how do we care for each other how do we love each other how do we see our community in a way that's positive, generative? What are the like difficulties of doing such a long-term space project? I have a vision of what it might look like, but I also don't know what's going to happen because like working in a space like this, there's so much that's out of your control. It's different from like working on an object or painting in your studio where you have full control of everything. You know, the surface, the texture, the paint, the temperature, the humidity, right? Whereas working in a public space or in a place like uh, like a jail, um, there's permitting, there's um, getting um, intimidated by police officers as you're filming, um, getting watched. What does it mean when you're watching the watcher? Um, but also these great moments when like you meet people from the neighborhood who are curious about what you're doing and then they start sharing stories with you. You know, like I've lived here all my life or my son was locked up or I was locked up or I just got out of court or I've met judges or I've met uh, former correctional officers who were guards in this, you know, building and they're talking about um, how in the summertime it felt like an oven working in that building. Just sort of imagining what this place represents and what it, how it stigmatizes and you know what it means to people and um, so there's a lot that is unknown but that's also kind of what I like about it because it's unexpected and there's surprises and I like to kind of roll with it and see what happens you know that's the title is ellipses why did you pick that yeah it's a good question I, I struggle with titles you know and I feel like a title is 
a way that um, people enter a work and um, partly what I what I was thinking about is um, presence and uh, touch and uh, the history of violence in relationship to touch but also the um, possibility of healing um, especially during the height of the pandemic like thinking about how the pandemic affects people that are incarcerated who don't have you know social distancing who don't maybe have access to vaccines or who are distrustful um, you know and, and all of that that goes into it so I started to think about like what maybe can show a continuum or a cycle or like a continuum in a cycle both in a critical way but also in a way that is about movement you know and liberation too so it has always like a kind of two-sided way you know to think about it yeah i think i think the title is perfect for it i think it really works and what i see here like represented it kind of reminds me of like a like a dialogue i have with with um charlie i don't know if you know yeah, we're talking. Yeah, we're talking about. Um, there's a narrative that we kind of like have um, in, living in this, like in our hoods, right? Mm -hmm. Like we gotta make it out of the hood, right? Mm -hmm. And this kind of represents like the, the the important changes and stuff that we go through, where it's not. It kind of changes our narrative. Like let's not let's not leave, you know? Like that's not our end goal. Let's make it better. Right, right, yeah. I think Ellipse is really like, yeah. is representative of that because it's a continuation, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not about an erasure or uh, a removal. It's almost like, what do we do with this thing? Like the jail, the, the demolition is happening, but that doesn't mean that prisons and jails are gone. It doesn't mean that people aren't still being electronic, electronically monitored, right? There's a lot of people now uh, that have, you know, electronic um, uh, confinement that are attached to their bodies. So how do we see this in a more complex way that is also open to, um, you know, both uh, the pain, but also uh, the life, you know, like the joy and the way that people come together and the way that people care for each other and the way that people help each other. Like, it's just not black and white, right? Um, so, yeah. Can I ask you something? Yeah. What's your favorite part about your neighborhood? Oh, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs>so we're here at the end of our journey here just because battery's running low on this recorder to be completely candid with you what have what have you learned from this experience Sid? the connection of being in person almost every interview you've heard today they knew yolo kelly they knew somebody who worked at lumpen and we were just able to get that kind of excitement it's definitely something i've missed personally yeah, I think there's been a real like touching like human aspect to this. Fortunately, during the pandemic, like it kind of numbed, at least for me personally, but I think for everyone here, like to be here to share this appreciation for all this art being made really kind of like brings us together. I think we call this mission busted. And that's the conclusion of our program. Brought to you by the fine folks at... Oh, not you again. No. And y'all, who let her back in? Ah! 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 And that's a wrap.
We hope you enjoyed whatever it is you just heard, heartwarming interviews, tear-jerking stories, magnificent music, and the sound of our voices. Because God knows that this is the best content on the airwaves. Don't forget to follow YOLO on all their social medias at YOLO Kali. And you can find all our audio content on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We bougie like that. Well, that's it. Bye. See you next Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m. for another episode of What's Up? What's Up? What's up?